We find ourselves today in the first Sunday of the Lenten season, the season which celebrates the 40 days that Jesus spent in the desert. It's our journey to resurrection. It's our journey to the cross. It's our journey to the grave. And it's our journey to Easter morning. It began last Wednesday amidst all of the winterly, wintry weather. So I want to read for you two scriptures today. From Genesis, I want you to hear from chapter 9, verses 8 through 17, and then from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. Hear these words. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, and all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth, I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy this earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on earth. And then from the gospel of Mark, hear these words. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth and Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert for 40 days, being tempted by the evil one. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. This is the word of God. For the people of God, thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever-equipping God, as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. And may I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we as your people, have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Have you ever seen a rainbow in the sky that reminded you of a loved one who's gone by? Have you ever seen a person walk in the room who said to you, I love you and restored your worth to who you are? Or maybe you've been grieving and and struggling and somewhere along the way a cardinal came and sat on a tree to make your day. Maybe, just maybe, you didn't recognize that God was with you. That God keeps God's everlasting covenant with us. I love the story of the conversation between Noah, who had been ridiculed, who, who had been terrorized, I am sure, by the, the, by the public around him, by his people around him for building a boat. And God came and God understood what happened wasn't exactly how things should have happened. Because what troubled God the most, God loved God's creation. And even though God's creation sinned against God, God made a vow unto himself and all of creation. And he said, never again. Will I destroy my creation? What he meant was, never again will humanity's actions enrage me so much that I want to obliterate them from the earth. That's what he said. Never again. That's what the great creator said about all of humanity. Humanity means too much to me. To do what I did. For I will look upon it and remember Remember those words. That's God speaking to God's self. I will look upon it and I will remember my everlasting covenant. How often? How often do we remember? How often are we, the people of God, those baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, however that happened, whether it be sprinkled or whether it be immersed into water, whatever happened when you were a baby or when you were a person of age and you could make your own decision, however that happened, do you remember the covenant? The covenant that was made because between the creator of all the earth and you, humankind, When you walk through the trials and temptations of life, I will be there with you. Never again will I forsake you. Never again will I leave you. Never again will I forget that I formed you in your mother's womb and I breathed life into you and I said I love you. Never again will I do that. But yet there we are. There we are. We just came through one of the worst winter storms in Lamar County. And do you want to bet somebody somewhere cussed God? You want to bet? Somebody somewhere forgot that they were born again by Jesus. Somebody somewhere forgot their covenant. They lost their electricity. Their water went out. Their loved one is sick. Their loved one died. We forget when we go into the wilderness our covenant with God. What has happened to us human beings that no longer is our word good? No longer can we shake a right hand and make a deal? God made a covenant and God put a sign in the sky that said forever. Forever when you see this 
I will be remembered. The one who made the covenant, I will remember. Won't you remember? Won't you remember when you see that rainbow in the sky? Won't you remember when you see that bird sitting in the tree? Won't you remember when someone walks into your life and says, I love you? That it's God. That it's God who attends to us. That it's God who waits on us. He came to the river Jordan to be baptized by a man who was lesser than he. Hear that again, will you? He came to the river Jordan to be baptized by a man who was lesser than he. He submitted himself to the covenant. He submitted himself to a covenant he had with the one who created him. Did Jesus need to be baptized? Don't we say he's sinless? Anybody ever say Jesus was sinless? The one without sin? Born of the Blessed Mother Mary, right? He came to be our Savior. God designed him to be the Messiah. Isn't that what? Why does he need to be baptized? John's baptism was for the forgiveness of sin. What's your baptism for? Your baptism is the covenant that the Creator has made. That never again will your sin count against you. Never again will your sin block you from the Father's love. Never again will God forsake you. Never again will you be without the the long arms of love from Jesus. Never again. If you accept the covenant. Jesus submitted to the baptism. Because he wanted to show the people. We have to buy into who God is. We have to buy in. Jesus comes from a history of of a multi-theistic world where there were multiple gods in ancient Israel. Multiple gods. And for Israel to claim the one God, they had to buy into that covenant. They had to buy into the deity of who God is. And when Jesus came and was baptized by John, he's saying to the world, I buy into this. I'm buying into God's plan for what God has for me. Is that what you said? Is that what you said at your baptism? Is that what you said when God moved in your life and sent the Holy Spirit to be upon you at your baptism? Do you remember the Holy Spirit came upon you at your baptism? And God spoke the same words to you. This is my child. You, you are the one I created. You are the one I made covenant with many, many moons ago. And I'll never leave you. And I love you. And I am proud of you. Not proud of what you have done or what you think you need to confess. I'm proud of who you are and what I've created. I'm proud of what you're going to be now that you understand the covenant. I'm proud of you because you're going to allow the Holy Spirit to be in your life and to change you. Do we take our covenant serious with God? Do we live like we know God is with us? Do we walk through everyday trials and temptations knowing that we are attended by the angels? 
The New Revised Standard Version says this, the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Into the wilderness, the Spirit led him. Now, I don't know about you, but we're talking Jesus, the holy anointed Son of God. Why's he got to go to the wilderness? You ever ask that question? He's sinless. Why does he need to be baptized to buy in? The wilderness, really? Yeah, the wilderness. How can Jesus relate to humanity if he doesn't know humanity? How can Jesus relate to struggle if he doesn't know struggle? How can Jesus relate to temptation if he doesn't know temptation? How can Jesus teach about holiness if he doesn't understand what unholiness is? It was part of his education. It was part of his journey. It was part of his maturing into the purpose that God had for him. But do you hear how he went into the wilderness? The Spirit led him into the wilderness. Have you ever been to the wilderness? I have 10 fingers. I would still be counting. <laughs> I've been to the wilderness. And I've been to the wilderness again. And I've been to the wilderness again. And I've been to the wilderness again. And I've been to a big wilderness. And I've been to a little wilderness. And the Spirit was with me. Do we remember that? That when we go into the wilderness, last week when the snow and the ice and the electricity and the water and the livestock, and did we remember the spirits with us? Did we remember that God goes with us wherever we go? That when we said yes to our baptisms, we allowed ourselves to hear the voice of God say to us, you are mine and I love you. Did we know that God would never forsake us? Did we buy into our side of the covenant? God bought into God's covenant. But did we? Did we buy in or we just say, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm here on Sunday. I'm looking good. Oh, yeah, I've got a bumper sticker that says Jesus saves on my car. My kid goes to a Christian school, whatever it is. Or do we buy in deeply? Do we buy in deeply enough that we know when we're in the wilderness and we're tempted in the wilderness? I love Mark. I love the gospel of Mark because Mark does not delve on what the temptation is. Because temptation in humans' lives is as varied as humanity is. And too many people get caught up on, the other, on Matthew and the other Gospels that talk about the temptations of Jesus. Wilderness is wilderness, folks. If you're in the wilderness, you're in the wilderness. But the Spirit of God is with you. The Spirit of God. Take me to the wilderness, right? In my younger days, take me, I'm ready. In my older days, I'm like, oh God, it's okay. I'm an old worn out preacher, it's okay. I've got enough to preach on for years. I minister to your people, I, I can preach for days. But God goes with us. Have you thought of that? I talked to a friend of mine this week and he's up in the panhandle at minus 25 degrees Fahrenheit. Temperature. And if you know where I come from, it's flat as a board. 
And there's no way to close the north gate to keep the wind out. And who knows what the wind chill was? And he had 600 head of mama cows he's taken care of. And they're calving. You want to talk about wilderness? You want to talk about wilderness? I called him. I said, how are you? He said, oh, my God. I'm tired. I said, I imagine. He had, I hadn't slept. I'm losing calves right and left. And then he said this. Barry, I know God works for the good in all things. I'm looking for the good. I'm looking for the good. His livelihood for the year is dying in front of him because of Mother Nature and his testimony. I'm looking for the good. I'm looking, how many of us look for the good in the wilderness? It was my first year. It may have been my first month of being a youth minister. I hadn't even taken the big step yet. I'd met this family, and she was about the only youth. There was two or three youth in the youth group, and this young lady, her grandmother passed away, and we did her funeral, and I had to assist, and I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I was green. I didn't have any idea what I was doing. After the funeral, we all went over to Grandpa's house. Grandpa was a pillar of the church. There were two of him. His name was Max, and he was the pillar of the church. His wife was the one who had passed. We went over there, and we were all gathered and just being polite and kind, making sure they had food and all that kind of stuff. West Texas hospitality. One of the elders of the church comes walking in and says, y'all need to come outside. And during the eulogy of the, of the service, the minister had spoken about the woman's love for rainbows. And the connection the couple had, there was a special connection. They had, rainbows were their thing. He had written a poem on a piece of ceramic artwork about rainbows. The elder walked in the house and he went to the, to the old man and he said, um, you need to come outside. And he was beaming from eye to eye. This is the day we had just buried this woman in our church. He said, you need to come outside. Not a cloud in the West Texas sky. Not a cloud. You need to come outside. Well, you know, we all just jumped up and ran outside because we didn't have a clue. We just followed along. He said, look to the east. Big, beautiful rainbow. Big, beautiful. In a country that is so dry, there's this big, beautiful rainbow across the sky. On the day when this man lays his wife to rest and the rainbow was their thing, Jesus went into the desert and was tempted by the evil one in the desert. His name isn't even worth saying. And the angels attended. The New Revised Standard says the angels waited on him. Waited on him. You hear me? Put a towel around their arm and, and, and a plate in their hand. And they waited on him. Jesus, what do you need? Let me show you where comfort is. Let me give you the right words to say. Let me take you to the right place. What can I do for you, Jesus? The angels waited on Jesus in the wilderness. We were at Max's house, and you know what? The angels showed up in a man named Joe. And he was grieving his wife's loss. And the angels showed up with a towel over her arm, over his arm, and he says, won't you come outside? The angels are with you. This week, I listened to my wife talk to her father. 
because it was the anniversary of her mother's death. I was in the other room and she said, hurry, come here. And she's talking to her father, seeing that he's okay because it's the anniversary of her mother's death, his wife's death. And we have a tree that sits to the east, just off the patio. And there she sat, a beautiful red cardinal, just sat there during the whole conversation between my wife and her father as they reminisced about her mother. The cardinal came and sat. And when they hung up, the cardinal flew away. You do know that the presence of cardinals says that there's angels in your life. She was in the wilderness, grieving her mother's loss, helping her father through his loss, and an angel waited on her. He was chasing a dream. He said, I always want to play this sport. I want to be the best there is, and I'm going to play at this place. And he had a year to make it come true. And the head coach changed about the end of his first year. He couldn't afford to play any longer because he was a walk-on. That means he doesn't have a scholarship for you non-athletic folks. He had to walk on and prove himself. And the new head coach said, son, you can dream on. Won't be many walk-ons making this team. And he walked back into the locker room with his head hung down high, knowing his dream was coming to an end, that he financially couldn't do it anymore, that he was physically tired, that he had tried his best, that he had done all he could, but he knew his dream might be coming to an end. His goal in life, that which was going to define him as a human being. Have you been there? Have you watched dreams die? Have you watched hopes fall out the window? Standing in his locker room was his high school coach. And his high school coached him all his life. And what he would say to his players, he would say to them, Hey guys, have I told you I love you today? He walked into that locker room with his head down. He was covered in sweat and he had just talked to the new head coach. And the new head coach says, There's probably not a place for you on this team. All he ever wanted to do was play. And the head coach from his high school was standing there. And he called him by name. Hey, have I told you today that I love you? 300 pounds of man came apart. Came apart and fell into that coach's arms and says, no coach, you haven't. The angels put on their towels and they attended him. And he heard again that he was a loved creation of God and that his sport does not define him, but his character does. And that God has a covenant with him, that God will never leave him and that God will always be with him. In the wilderness, God attends to us and the angels are with us. But why? Why do we have to go to the wilderness? Wouldn't life be great 
if we didn't have to go to the wilderness? Yesterday, a young woman spoke about her mother. And she said, no, every rose, she quoted my favorite, one of my favorite rock and roll bands. Every rose has a thorn. You know, it's how we deal with those thorns. It's how we deal with those temptations. It's how we deal with those times in the wilderness that God gives us a witness. Jesus didn't stop what he was doing when he came from the wilderness. He got out of the wilderness, and you know what was told to him? Your cousin John has been put in prison. What did Jesus do? Did he sit down? Did he say, oh, Lord, not again. I can't do this anymore. No. He said, come on, guys. We're going to Galilee, and we're going to preach the good news that the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what God asked us to do. That when we walk through the wilderness, that we recognize that the angels are there, whether they're, whether they're a rainbow or they're a cardinal or they're a coach, whoever it is, the angels are there attending us, and God's giving us a witness in the wilderness to take out into the world and to tell the world about it so that we can proclaim the love of God. God, ask us to honor the covenant. We are covenantal people. Our whole relationship is built on the covenant. What are you going to do with your time in the wilderness? What are you going to do with the witness that God has given you? Are you going to honor your side of the covenant? Because I can promise you, God is going to honor his. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.